0: welcome to another episode of your intention matters the podcast thank you very much for joining us on this episode i'm thrilled to be back in 2023 i have rusty wiley he is vp sales at box lock box lock coming to us from atlanta rusty happy new year man how are things
1: happy new year good uh great to be on with you and uh appreciate you making the time to to have me on
0: i appreciate it as well so listen i mentioned uh, with your quick intro here, VP Sales at BoxLock, but I'm looking at your LinkedIn profile here, and I caught a keyword: "status quo killer."
1: I love it. Absolutely, I. You know, it's it it's somewhat it's like status quo to say that maybe these days, but I I really mean it. It's uh it's something that I've stuck by in my career, uh for sure, and I'm sure. Uh, those listening will appreciate, especially in the sales world. Uh, that that's one of the the killers of, of most momentum in, in sales deals.
0: Yeah, I agree, man. And it caught my eye when I saw it. And so do me a favor, Rusty, say hi to everybody, provide a quick intro, and then uh, let's get into your story.
1: Sure. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining. I'm Rusty Wiley, uh, VP of sales at BoxLock. A little background on me, uh, I'm a you know a, a knee deep in in family. I have three kids uh, that are you know all at an active age so a lot of sporting events and coaching and and all that uh, we're a big uh, sports family in general. I have a, a background in in professional sports in my career as well and uh you know certainly excited to to share more about it uh we we live in it in Atlanta Georgia I've been here for. Uh, gosh, almost a almost a decade now, which seems like it was just yesterday. And uh looking forward to sharing a little bit more with you guys. And so Rusty, is it go bulldogs in your house? So my kids are becoming bull, bulldog fans. For me, that's a foreign uh language. So I, I grew up in in the state of Oregon and and so personally I I've, I've always been a an an Oregon duck, but uh my kids are growing up in Georgia so they certainly had their Georgia gear on and and were ch- cheering on the Bulldogs uh for the the championship game
0: yeah it was the, I mean it was a blowout and so Brucey listen I appreciate you coming on and so you know when I first reached out to you uh when I talked to you about the, kind of the foundation of what the podcast really is it's called Your Intention Matters and it's really built on the premise that uh, nothing is really given to any of us, and most of us in the world of sales and sales leadership and training never thought we'd even get into sales, let alone sustain any type of career And yet Here we are all trying to figure out there's really no leads out there, and it all starts with mindset and intention. And with that said, I'm ready to go. Are you ready to jump into your story? Great. Let's do. All right. So, so let's go back in time, then. Let's go back here. Let's call it early 2000s, 2004. Let's call it Wichita State University. You said you're from Oregon. But you went to Wichita State uh, B of a sports management, and so how did that come about?
1: Yeah, so my my family moved there uh, right at the tail end of my high school career. So I, I finished high school in a small Kansas town. Figured, hey, I'll, I'll stay close to home. Uh, in uh, I was a big sports fan, so Wichita State has a great sport management program. So that was very uh, easy for me uh, to jump on on that opportunity.
0: You know, it's not uncommon for me to see, um, you know, ex athletes get into sales at, at some point in their career, and so on. But did you have sales in your brain at all when you were going to college?
1: I didn't actually, and to back up a little bit, my degree ended up being in sport management. I went to school originally for physical education. So I was a big sports fan, played played uh, a lot of you know, baseball and basketball and uh, growing up in, in high school. And uh, I wanted to coach uh, youth and, and be a part of that. So when I went to school, I was actually, sales was not even on the radar at that point uh, at all. So what did you think sports management would get you? Like, what, what would be
0: the next thing for you? Ideally, you know, call it circa 20 years ago now almost.
1: Yeah, so that, that's a good question. I, so the I'll never forget the day I was in a class and somebody a couple rows uh, in front of me was talking. They were talking about sport management. They were, uh, they were taking classes. And, and what I remember vividly is that they were talking about the business side of sports and uh how the classes were you know about like sport economics and sport finance and, and different things like that so I immediately walked down a couple rows in class and and actually uh the teacher you know the uh, professor had to ask me to uh you know take it take it after class but um you know,
0: you know I uh, I uh,
1: I became fat you know because I'm sitting there you know it's my beginning of my sophomore year and I I don't N- still really don't know what I want to do right um, but I always had a a business mind um, in terms of uh, wanting to you know potentially pursue something in business I didn't, you know again sales wasn't really on on the radar so at that point it was more hey you know I, I think I should change my major based on I love sports I love uh, I want to learn more about business if I can pair up the two of those, I think that I'll have a lot of success and kind of navigate what I really want to do. So I I literally changed my major the next day. I went and, uh, you know, met with counselors and and made that change. And, you know, I'm certainly glad that I did. And so post-college, you mentioned in
0: your introduction that you have a background in professional sports. Did you land at a pro sports
1: team? I did right out of college. I actually left college with a little bit of coursework left, so I I couldn't wait to get started and uh, sort of started. I started looking at minor league uh, teams around the country uh, and opportunities, and and connected with some of the uh, alumni through the Sport Management Group. And there were a couple of alumni working down in Oklahoma City, which is about three and a half hours south of, of Wichita, Kansas, where I was. And I was able to connect with those alumni um, and learn about an opportunity uh, in inside cells uh, for a, a minor league baseball team in, in Oklahoma City. Again, I had, not, I had no experience uh, in cells, really. Um, but, uh, you know, had an opportunity uh, to go down and, and join that uh, team with about had about six months or, you know, call it a half a semester of college remaining and was able to to work with uh, counselors and professors to finish up the co- coursework and, and sort of get a, a head start on my career.
0: You know, Rusty, the way that I'm wired when it comes to uh, being in a sales role, whether it be inside sales or account management or both or and so on, is that every every sale is hard. Every position is hard on, on some level. Like there's no layups anywhere. There's no real gimmies on a real consistent basis. And, and I, I happen to know um, more than a few salespeople that work in, in different industry, industries today, but they came from... Uh, ticket sales at, prof- at a pre- professional sports level, hockey, baseball, MLB, and so on. But you're talking about Oklahoma City, uh, more at a, um, like a farm team, uh, almost. And so was that sale, like, difficult? Oh, because it's it's not even like NBA it's it's like a it's not even MLB it's like a lower level so was that challenging or was it this is the only thing in town so people had no choice but to, uh, to go if they wanted to what was that like for you
1: yeah so thankfully I didn't know any better so <laughs> uh, going into it but absolutely you know you know triple-a baseball so Uh, They play, I don't know if they still do, but at that point that, you know, we had about 72 home games a year. Well, uh, that's a lot of games, right? So to get somebody to, and I was selling full season ticket packages was my main focus. So convincing somebody to buy 72 games of baseball was, was tough. Um, Again, thankfully I didn't know any better. Uh, all, I was too excited to just have an opportunity, right? That's all I wanted was an opportunity to prove myself and learn. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, if anybody's listening that has worked in minor league sports, you kind of, you know, uh, how it, you know, I think I dressed up as the mascot one time, uh, you know, certainly, certainly we, we were asked to, you know, if it rained for real, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that is and, awesome. And, you know, one of the things that I remember is I think it was a couple weeks into the job. I'm sitting there with, you know, we, we didn't wear full suit and ties at that point. Uh, but you know, you're wearing dress slacks and and a polo, certainly. And I, I'm sitting there making cold calls and my boss comes by and he hands me his credit card and I'm like, What's this for? And he says, Go to go to Bass Pro shop down the street and buy some rain gear, buy some ponchos. It's it's gonna rain really hard and we've got a game tonight. And, and, I, and I'm like, why are you asking me to do that? All right. You'll you'll find out when you get back. So uh, you know, it's it's all hands on deck in terms of helping tarp the field. So we're we're sitting there, your sales professionals and you're sitting in the dugout rate waiting for it to stop raining after you've tarped the field because it's game day and you know you only have 18 employees. Uh, to manage the whole thing, so you it, it teaches you a lot about work ethic and uh, but that's a really good question. It's it's uh, it's a totally different uh, world in in minor league sports for sure. Did
0: you enjoy the uh, the components of selling? You know, when I think about when I first got into sales, I worked at Xerox, and, and Xerox is is a tier one brand within their space. And yet, I struggled like really hard in my first year. I, I i was I was in early. I was out late. Like I was all in. This was my new thing. And I just I could not figure it out. I, I must have mentally quit half a dozen times in my first year. I was just this was too hard for one hundred percent commission at the time, and so on. And so so outside of the fact that you were kind of jacked up that you' were actually working in sports, did did you take to selling?
1: Yeah. So it took me a little time though. Um, I wouldn't say that I wasn't perceived and there's been actually many times in my career. And, and now I take it as a compliment because I'm, you know, I train and hire sales professionals. Um, but you know, looking back, you know, those for, it took me, it was an accelerated program. We were actually hired by a, a sales trainer, uh, to, to come in and, 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 work in inside cells. But it. I was not seen as the person that was going to be top of the sales leaderboard, uh, and you know I'm not a, a a traditional type A personality. I'm more analytical and, and things like that. So it took it took a lot of work and dedication. Uh, the I can remember the first three or four weeks I wasn't having success. I felt like I was doing everything that uh, I should have been doing to have success but I was sort of figuring it out. And, uh, there was one point probably three weeks into that job where my manager took me aside and and had a private meeting with me and said, you know, Rusty, I don't, I don't think you're going to be really good at this. Um, you know, everybody else is having success already and, yeah. and you're sort of struggling. And I said, Hey, give me another week because, um, I can tell you that I'm doing things that no one else in that room is doing. And he's like, really? I said, yeah, all those lead lists that you gave me, I'm calling them. I'm not looking, you know, uh, I, and I'm, and I'm learning every call I make, I'm getting better and learn What I started to do was understand that I understood how, or I could understand how business people thought. So I, I started to build a process on you know why would somebody buy 72 games of baseball how do you break that down how do you articulate roi and things like that um so you know it was it was, uh learning but again it, it wasn't something where i just came out of the gate and i i was you know crushing it um but there was a, a turning point there for sure
0: so how long did you stay with the red hawks and what was
1: next did you stay in sports I did. So I, I was there for the the whole season, about nine months um, and, and ended up having a lot of success. Um, and, you know, so I'm, I'm sitting there, became really close with one of my managers and they said, you know, hey, let me help you get a job with a, you know, a real professional uh, sports team. So I, I started to interview across the country with uh, with. You know, professional teams across the NBA and Major League Baseball and, and others. And as I was doing that, that was the summer of 2008. And uh, what happens that summer is the Seattle Supersonics move to Oklahoma City. KD. Um, so, so as I'm knee deep in interviews, this whole thing happens. And I'm like, hey, I, you know, I should probably pump the brakes and see what happens here. And you know, sure enough, the the team moves uh, from Seattle, and they need people that have industry experience in that market. So they brought a lot of people from Seattle, but they also hired uh, in the market uh, to to help build that franchise. So uh, I was really fortunate enough to be hired uh, to join the the Thunder even before the Oklahoma City Thunder name existed. You know, they moved. Moved from Seattle, they didn't even have a name, and uh, you're setting up a whole franchise uh, in a couple months before the season started. It was it was pretty wild. And so, if my memory serves me correct, KD actually
0: started with Seattle, did he not?
1: Yeah. So Kevin, right. this was Kevin's uh, second year. He played his rookie year in Seattle. Um, you're right. So you've got this kind of this phenom on the team
0: but it's still i imagine bas- pro basketball nba is still kind of foreign and new to oklahoma city i imagine and so without without a team name without a you know a pedigree and a history of you know the team's been here 50 years and so on uh did you enjoy uh you know that type of sell and were you in season ticket sales like you were previously
1: yeah so i i was in season ticket sales uh at that point still very you know i was I was 22 years old at that point. So very young, just, you know, eight months into my career at that point. And um, so, yeah, the front, you know, to to kind of paint the picture there, the franchise comes to town. There's a lot of excitement. Of course, Oklahoma city had a little taste of the NBA because of her hurricane Katrina uh, relocated the uh, the new Orleans Hornets played a couple uh, kind of relocated seasons in oklahoma city so they wanted an nba team um but the team gets there a lot of excitement uh, and then you know the the 2008 market crash hits that fall totally. totally so that that was that was something and then the team was not good at all uh kate you know we did have KD. Uh, we drafted Westbrook. Uh, that was his rookie year, but they won. Um, I want to say we won nine games the first half of the year they fired their coach. Uh, so we had a lot of growing pains the first year and, uh, we were not selling games out the very first year in Oklahoma city.
0: Were you still with them when they went to the finals?
1: I wasn't, I was in California at that point. Uh,
0: Okay. All right. How'd you get to California? Uh,
1: so I, uh, in tw- so I, I spent three seasons in, in Oklahoma city, uh, which was fun. That was the build up. We did, we made the playoffs surprisingly our second year um, and went further in the playoffs the third year. Uh, and then they made the finals that uh, that fourth year in, o- in Oklahoma city. Uh, in, in 2011, I was recruited by a sports startup called legends, uh, that was focused, uh, partnering with the NFL, uh, what they, you know, kind of hatched out of the, uh, Dallas Cowboys new stadium project, but, uh, legends at that point was a group owned by the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Goldman Sachs and a, and a, and a couple other, uh, groups were associated with that. And they had just landed, uh, the uh new Levi Stadium project with the San Francisco 49ers. So they were recruiting sales talent. Uh, I had an opportunity to to move out to Silicon Valley and, and be a part of that uh project, which uh that's how uh we we me and and at that point I had two little two little girls that uh one was an infant uh and and one was almost two years old. We moved from Oklahoma City to uh to the santa clara california area
0: how long of a or how challenging of a process was that for you because you're from oregon if i heard you correctly at the start you were kind of you raised grew up and you went to college in in kansas you go further south you know into oklahoma city so you're no stranger to the west coast but the bay area is not oregon and it's a totally different lifestyle, I imagine. So, talk to me about that decision. Was it an overnight one, or was it a plus-minus, uh, you know, thought process?
1: Yeah, it was. It was tough. It was career growth. Uh, thankfully, my wife is very encouraging and and was along for the the journey. Um, but you're right. Yeah. So, from compared to what I grew up with in a small town in Oregon, then a small town in Kansas, and then you know even a, Oklahoma City to me Oklahoma City was a big city at that point in my life uh, that's you know the, the picture of the world I had uh, obviously Silicon Valley very fast-paced companies going public every week and and all that but it was a uh, it was a great opportunity for me to get out of my com- comfort zone and learn about uh, you know a different area of the world but also work on a on a really big project that would probably be, you know, hopefully at that point, I was looking for an opportunity to, uh, to put myself on the map in terms of, uh, you know, future success and in that industry.
0: So did you go into the move to the Bay Area with the mindset of this is a project driven move, and that eventually we are going to go somewhere else?
1: Yeah. So, uh, my wife was very clear that she didn't want to stay in, in, uh, in California. Um, so we spent two years there. I had no idea going in how long we would be there. Um, but it was an uh, it was, uh, looked at as, Hey, let's, let's, let's go, uh, take a chance and, uh, let's see where it, where it takes us from there.
0: So did you have your choice with Legends uh, or did, did you move on from them in terms of how you got back east?
1: Yeah, great question. So I did have uh, have choices with uh, with Legends. So they brought us to Atlanta. Uh, so what, what ended up have happening, we uh, at one point, it looked like we were going to go to Seattle, which would have been OK. That was closer to where I I grew up. Um, that project fell through because at that point, the um the Sacramento Kings were looking to relocate to Seattle, right? Seattle had lost, which that, that would have been a, uh, uh, a heck of a career career journey working for the Oklahoma city thunder and then going and working for the the new team in, in Seattle. But That's right. Uh, I don't know how people would have felt about that. Uh, Cause there's some, some bad blood there uh, with the fan base, but that didn't happen. Uh, they uh, then landed uh, a deal with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, this was beginning of 2014, uh, and they asked me um, to if if I'd be you know willing to move to Atlanta, and um, it was it was a no brainer for us in terms of you know quality of of life and uh, and and all of that. So we took that opportunity.
0: So your overall tenure with Legends was how long?
1: I was with legends for about five years.
0: So, and in that five years, they moved you twice. So they they committed to you on two different occasions, the decision to move on. First off, was it
1: yours? Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. yeah. Good question.
0: So, so it was your decision. Um I imagine in five years, multiple locations, you established great rapport with people, good friendships and working relationships and a decent runway. Um, Talk to me about why you chose to move on.
1: Good question. Yeah. So raising a family, right? And you're starting to get to that point. So at that point, um, I left Legends in 2016, uh, beginning of 2016. And at that point, I'm, you know, I'm sitting there and, I've, I have three kids. My son was born in California. They're all at that critical age of you know, not quite well. My oldest was starting uh, kindergarten and, and all that. So yep. really just, hey, where do you want to raise your family? Right. Um, to, to your point, they had moved me around. They were committed to me um, and I would have had opportunities to move to, you know, Las Vegas, LA, other projects that they landed after that. Uh, There was no guarantee uh, that I I would be able to stay in Atlanta. Um, So an opportunity came my way, uh, which was, you know, this was my pivot out of sports, uh, which is, you know, a totally different ballgame. Oh, okay. So you left pro sports at this point. Yeah, so 2016, one of my uh, potential clients at the time asked me to come and be their VP of sales. So it was an opportunity to. Uh, now I'm thinking, all right, what do I want to do long term from here? Do you you know, do I want to continue to be in the sports industry? And um, you know, it's a it's a tough business to stay put in one place. It's not impossible um but i'm i'm very goal and you know uh goal driven and kind of the next thing type of person um so with that mindset it 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 became uh you know looking outside of sports and in uh again going back to to my early days in in college um I've always had a business entrepreneur mind, so starting to look at, hey, there's a big world outside of professional sports. What does that look like? Um, so I, you know, I was I was able to join a great company in 2016, have an opportunity to uh, a company called Team One Logistics, based in Atlanta, um, and had an opportunity to go in and and build out a sales team from scratch and have my first opportunity in my career to start training and developing salespeople. So to be on the other side of, you know, not just being a purely sales role, but, uh, you know, start to build teams and develop teams.
0: You know, that's a big shift. I mean, so now you have a new industry, but you're also in a new role where uh, leadership and building and management is totally different than being an individual contributor. Totally different skill sets, requirements, day to day operations, and so on. And so, um, w- were you happy with your move? Like, did, did you take to leadership right away, or was it like, oh God, I hate this? This is, let a- me go back to being a rep.
1: Yeah, it took a little time, but I, I realized really quickly that it was what I was supposed to be doing, um, that everything in my career was kind of a, a build up to that. Uh, because i really do enjoy investing in people and seeing where their career can go whether it's you know continuing on with you or helping them build the skills and and have success so that they can go do something uh else and continue to you know go after their dreams and and all that so um it didn't take me very on that you know it took me longer to realize that i that i was going to like sales than it took me uh to realize that i was you know, I was made. You know, uh, made to to you know manage and in, in, um, I don't even I don't even like the word manage to be honest. Uh, yeah. You know, to to invest and in, and help build uh, careers and uh, you know specifically around sales. Did you did you miss the pro
0: sports uh, element of what you were doing?
1: That part took a while, so I did. Um, and then, uh, you know, it, it, it slowly became, uh, for me, like I said, a, a an obsession of, Hey, what, what, it, you know, working in supply chain and logistics, that's a big world. Uh, and there's a lot of, a lot of things going on and it's, uh, complex and the economy feeds into it on a, on a daily basis. Right. Not that it, it doesn't in the sports world, but there's just a lot of moving pieces and, um, so over time I you know learned to to love and appreciate that and also enjoy the the other side of it of hey, you know you get to entertain people and take them to games and um, it's a little bit different walking around in a suit and and talking to people at an arena when you're when you're on the on the team side. Um, it's pretty fun when you have a beer in your hand and you're able just to, you know, talk and, and hang out with with um, your your prospects or your clients um, when you're you're not working, right? And so, Rusty, how long have you been with BoxLock now? Been with BoxLock for two and a half years.
0: All right, so pretty much your entire tenure, two and a half years, pretty much your entire run with them is lockdown, COVID, work remote. Um, did you join before covid after covid right in the heart when did you join
1: yeah right good question right in the the heart of it so july 2020 so oh you know, man uh everything's on lockdown you know and i had never worked from home in my entire life uh until that point so just it it took me so long to i'm you know i'm I'm used to it now and i thankfully i travel quite a bit so that helps get out of uh out of the house but um i was always an office guy right at the office at the arena uh commuting you know living in atlanta of course if anybody's on here and have been to atlanta uh you know the traffic is is you know one of the the hot spots for bad traffic so all of those things that was my life and um and and i know a lot of people before COVID. so then it's you know it's taking a new role uh roll on and then it's it was hiring people remotely and doing things that you've never done before uh which is a little strange
0: so rusty was the was the remote working uh with box lock was it um that way even pre-covid was the company working from home or was it forced because of what was going on in the world at the time
1: yeah. So uh, good. You know, so that our organization has, re, yeah, I think it was always going to box. are you asking box specifically? That's right.
0: Yeah. So like, like 2019 before your time, to your knowledge, were they in the office, you know, like most of us were, or were they always a remote company?
1: Yeah, I. it, it was going to be a remote company in terms of, pulling talent from different areas. And then, you know, being able to sell across, you know, different geographical areas, but um, we are based in Atlanta. So yeah, there was an office component for those that were uh, in Atlanta that, uh, and that kind of went away after that. Right.
0: Gotcha. Rusty man. What a great story. I mean, let me, try, let me try and recap this year. Northwest Oregon, to the middle of the country in Wichita, you go south into Oklahoma, you head back west to California. Your wife is very clear, this is temporary, but we'll go. And then you find your way, uh, they ask you to to move back east, you go to Atlanta, and it's what, 10 years now, almost?
1: Yeah, so we just hit nine years. Nine yeah.
0: years in Atlanta, three kids along the way, uh, You know, sales representative, sports, leadership, just appreciate you sharing your story, man. And congrats on all your success to this
1: point. I appreciate you, uh, Paul, having me on and uh, happy to, to share the, the journey. And if anybody's listening and wants to connect, uh, you know, shoot, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Uh, so don't be shy. Uh, send me an invite. Would love to hear your stories as well. I hope somebody takes you up on that. All right, great. All right, everybody. Listen, thanks for joining
0: this episode. We're going to wrap it up right now. Remember, your intention matters. Why? Because that's the result you'll tend to get. We're out of here. We'll do it again next week. Happy New Year and uh, talk to you soon.